another thing and another thing and another thing and another thing welcome to another episode of and another thing the podcast that sets the bar for other podcasters in the podcast world. My name is Jody Jenkins. And I'm Tony Clement. Podcast is one of those words, Tony, that if you say it over and over enough, you know, it's in your head, you're like, is this a, is this a real word? <laughs> you know those words how sometimes you're like, you say them over and over again, they start to sound really funny. Yeah, I know. And, and of course, uh, people try to, people who are trying to be trendy try to shorten it to pod. I did a pod the other day. I'm sorry, I don't go for that. It's a podcast, okay? That's true. It's not That's a true. pod. And I always think about, you know, saying words over and over again, like I mentioned. I always think of that movie. I want. I don't, I don't know if it was Tommy Boy or Black Sheep, but with Chris Farley and David Spade, when they're uh, driving down the road, and I think they had been smoking dope. <laughs> and then David Spade's like about something about speed limit, and so they start going, limit. Limit, limit. Hey, or, that's a funny word. <laughs> yeah, or or in a hot tub time machine when they start saying "great white buffalo," "great white buffalo." <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> a oh, classic boy. movie. We've gone off the, the rails, off the rails early. <laughs> that's right. As always, as always, this show is <laughs> this show is brought to you by Municipal Solutions. John Mutton and the team uh, doing amazing work. You can find them online at municipalsolutions.ca. And Tony, I know you'll share some more details yes. about what they do and then our other partners as well. Yes, the Muttonator, John Mutton and the gang here are uh, doing a great job at Municipal Solutions. Very, very busy these days. They've got lots of big projects. I want to congratulate them for that. And, of course, if you haven't heard already, they're great for development services, uh, project management kinds of things, development approvals, permit expediting, planning services with municipalities. They work, do a lot of work with municipalities, engineering and architectural services, minor variants, land severances, building permits. They, they run the gamut. And uh, really, if you've got something that you've got to get done that involves a municipality or the province, for that matter, go to municipalsolutions.ca. And then our continuing sponsor, Halton GR, Stephen J. Sparling, is, he, is a municipal lobbyist representing the development industry clients in the GTA West, such as Etobicoke, Mississauga, or Oatville, Oakville, I should say. Oakville. <laughs> Oakville, too. Yeah, you know, they're, they're expanding. Uh, you visit haltongr.com and Stephen will look after you. Excellent. And who can forget the crew at looneypolitics.com. You can get exclusive content uh, through that site, including our show, episodes you won't hear anywhere else. Use the code podcast to get 50% off an annual subscription. We just, uh, we just did one there. Yeah, looneypolitics.com. That's right. So we can't tell them who did who it was, though. Oh, we're not allowed to? Subscribe. I don't think so. I don't know if uh, we've ever shared who's been on that. Oh, uh, okay. It was, a, it was a very important guest with a, a very top important secret. topic. <laughs> top secret. Top secret shows. I was thinking you mentioned, you always mention when you talk about municipal solutions, uh, how John can help with minor variants. Is that like the next, will that be the next variant? Like we should call that like, yeah, <laughs> that's right. You got to be careful what you wish the for. Minor variants. <laughs> that's right. After Omicron comes minor variants. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a running gag where municipal solutions can help you with the Delta variants? 
the Omicron variants and minor variants. And minor variants. Here we go. John and I, uh, of course, uh, we do some business together, too. And uh, I said, dude, I'm just going stir crazy here. Cabin fever is setting in. Let's find a good excuse to do a business trip somewhere. You know, let's let's get out of this place. Look, you and I were talking off air. And I mean, obviously, we'll chat a little bit about some COVID stuff. And we'll start with that because I mean, this is a banter episode. You and I are just going yes. kind to of engage each other, but we were, we were talking about this off air and I made the point of, I have a lot of friends obviously that have encountered uh, Omicron have gotten COVID now, obviously much more prevalent than before. No yes. question about it. Oh yeah, for sure. Some people with uh, severe, you know, reactions, some with nothing. Uh, some don't even know, didn't even know they have it. So it runs the gamut. I would say more so though, the people I'm talking to, are on the lesser severe side, of course, but younger populations. So yeah, I, a scratchy throat is the one I've heard a lot of, uh, and uh, cold, like sniffles and sinus congestion, that kind of thing. Yeah, and so my point to you, and I'd love to get your thoughts. So we're in Ontario. We're in kind of a pseudo lockdown. Restaurants aren't open. You know, nobody can go to arenas, uh, yada, yada, yada. But somebody that got their second dose let's say midsummer, let's say July, okay? Mm. The research shows, unless I'm completely wrong, that if they didn't get a booster, and here we are in January, so effectively, you know, six months later, that their their coverage or protection is minimal at best. Is that is that safe to say? I think that that is how I've heard it described. Yeah, yeah. so I, I mean, guess... That, that's certainly how they've tried to encourage people to get the booster. Yeah, but I guess my question to you would be, if someone is unvaccinated, Right. Right. And they're doing their due diligence in terms of like, you know, using a mask and being safe and and not just being someone that floats. You know, I don't care if I get it because I don't think that's wise. But if someone's unvaccinated and is limited in what they can do, i.e. the Vax passport versus someone who got their second shot in June or July and is effectively in the same boat. I I, that's where I have a problem with with what's fair and what's not fair. I, I I really have an issue with that. Well, that's one of the reasons why they had to start to restrict things again. Clearly, uh, the the R rate was just multiplying and multiplying. People were getting Omicron quite regularly, and uh, a lot of them were breakthrough cases. Now, I I certainly can make the, 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 the medical officers make the argument that if you've got the vaccine, you're... you're uh, symptoms will be less. But, uh, you know, they did say, uh, you know, when we were getting our shots, and I did get my shot, but, you know, I want to make that point clear, uh, was that it would have declining utility over time. That's why they, even even when people were getting their first and second shots, they were talking, say, we might ha- need a booster at some point because at some point your uh, antibodies are going to be diminished. Um, and your ability to fight off an infection would be diminished. So, yeah, I, I, I think we, we reached that. I certainly probably reached that point because uh, uh, my second shot was in May, and uh, hence I got the booster uh, this past weekend and felt like crap yesterday, <laughs> you know, because of the, the flu-like symptoms associated with the booster. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, th- this is a moving target, and and in a sense you can't, blame anyone for uh, you know the fact that this virus is a very insidious virus that 
at, at one point was not even playing by the rules. Delta was more severe, but you could catch it easier. That's not supposed to be how viruses work. Omicron is, is basically how viruses are supposed to work. It's easier to catch, but it's less severe. That's that's kind of the history of viruses over 3 billion years. Um, so I think we're back into something that is more predictable that way. Yeah, and one thing I, I've also had my eyes open to, and, and, and I guess maybe it's always been there, but it's been amplified during this, is the divisiveness and I guess the line in the sand when it comes to society and pitting people against each other. And first of all, let me just say, like, I've, I've used different social media as an outlet to share my thoughts because I feel helpless. This whole time has been hard for me in the sense of this podcast has really helped actually, but it's mm -hmm. been hard to express how I feel without feeling like I'm going to get attacked or bashed because I think there's, you know, I think you, there's a way to share how you're feeling and ask logical questions and have a sense of wonder about something like i wonder about this is that how accurate is this the problem is is you can't share that these days on you know covid vaccines whatever you cannot without getting attacked very very quickly it seems yeah. to me on social media so this podcast has been a good outlet but i saw something the other day and again opinion pieces in 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 uh newspapers etc they're just that they're opinion pieces but they're elevated because they're on a bigger platform i saw someone in the star i think it was heather malick i think who wrote it uh, i don't know her you might have some be able to shed some light on her but i don't know her but she wrote this article that was about the unvaccinated and like this the the language she used to describe them i thought was off the charts in my opinion and it just it just doesn't help it, that stuff does not help the dialogue yeah and it's I, it really bothers me and i wish i wish that when we had this whole line of we're in this together that that actually was the case but unfortunately it's been anything but uh, and i'd love but, to hear your uh, yeah thoughts. i mean and i won't I, heather malik is a somewhat disagreeable person <laughs> i think she's got that reputation so okay we won't we won't go there okay. um, but uh but i think that you know, people do ask me, and I and I media ask me and others. You know, how uh, I was I was interviewed recently about the uh, the proposed tax in Quebec for the the unvaccinated, right? The health tax, and uh, the one of the questions was, you know, how how could how could a government get away with this? And the answer is simple, Jody. Governments can get away with this if it's popular to do it. Yep, and uh, it, you know you can talk all about legal rights and charter rights, and until that's litigated in the courts, uh, you know, a year from now you might get a, a sense of where the courts are on this. But you know how how could Francois Legault even talk about that as a, as Quebec premier, because sixty or seventy percent of the population are with him on that issue. Now, is that right? Is that fair? Is is it right to target a minority? Uh, or is it uh, simply, you know, uh, you made a choice to be unvaccinated. There are consequences for that choice. Those are the two arguments, basically. Uh, but uh, there, why are there no political consequences? There won't be political consequences until you reach a stage where there's a tipping point and people are fed up with whatever, uh, you know, action the government is doing and, and don't want it to happen anymore. That's, that's the simple political calculation uh quite frankly yeah and i think you know what i i don't know how accurate this would be but i i i bet i feel like if you did another poll maybe next week 
about Legault's proposal there. I, I think that you might see some different. I think the more people see it, read about it, hear about it, I think I think there may be a switch. That's just a, a guess. Yeah, I have. and and they've been polling on Bill Twenty One in Quebec, uh, which is the uh, secular uh, secular law, and saying you can't wear, uh, you know, uh, uh, the uh, you can't where symbols the, of your religion symbols of your religion whether it's a kneecap or whether it's a, a cross or what have you uh as a public sector employee and uh you know again that was very popular in quebec because quebec believes that they should be a radically secular society uh and they are very anti-religious in quebec generally in terms of the public square uh and but the number of people supporting that position has declined as debate over the issue has arisen. So maybe you're right. And, and I, I know for a fact, uh, well, I, how do I know? I don't really know. But uh, <laughs> just from from people reacting in social media and in political circles, uh, the curfew in Quebec was not very popular. No, not uh, at and, all. And, and so, uh, and sure enough, Legault has lifted the curfew. So uh, again, that's that's the kind of play that's going on here. And uh, I'm just waiting, you know, we were talking again off air about Premier Mo in Saskatchewan, who had the audacity to say, this thing is endemic, uh, you know, it's, we have to learn to live with COVID. That's the position they have in the UK, by the way, I think uh, most or all of the restrictions are going to be off on January 26th in the UK. Uh, so Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister is saying, look, we have to learn to live with this, we can't keep doing this lockdown thing. Uh, so I, I think there's going to be more and more political leaders coming to that conclusion and that, in a, in a sense, they can get away with that because that's where the public is turning. Oh, yeah. There's been a, I, I don't know, I'm assuming it's the same in your circles, but I can tell you in my circles, there has been a massive shift with people's feelings towards this, not only the lockdown, but the handling of COVID in general. Yeah. And, you know, from a provincial perspective obviously we're talking about ontario right now but from a provincial perspective you know doug ford said he doesn't says he doesn't watch the polls but but uh you know darn well that they're following what's going on and what the public opinion is yeah i think there was a freedom of information thing on doug ford and polling indicating every single move that they've been doing has been polled so uh, uh i i wouldn't put uh, it past any politician to keep polling on this that's for sure yeah and we're just what Four or five months out from an election, right? June. Yeah, June. Yeah, yeah. That's so right. it's it's going to be. Uh, He's got his campaign team in place, uh, as do the other parties, and they're they're basically doing their pre-election positioning at this point. Well, they already, I think, and again, I, I'm assuming that this is part of their messaging. But there was an interview done the other day with with Doug Ford, and he made the comment like, uh, "We can't afford to go back to the the way the Liberals ran the province and and messaging yeah. like that." Right. So it sounds like that might be their angle. Well, and I, I noticed that the uh, housing minister uh, was out saying, uh, you know, uh, hey, you know, we're 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 creating the opportunity to build more houses. If you elect the liberals, no houses will be built in this province, kind of thing. So yeah. again, they've got they've all gotten the memo. The way this works, uh, Jody, is that uh, the cabinet will be briefed on polling pre, you know, the pre writ polling where they stand. Uh, the campaign team will brief the cabinet and the caucus on, you know, look, here's how we're going to be tackling uh, the election 
And here are our major messages. Here's the type of people we want voting for us. We want to try to attract a vote for us. So here's the kind of messaging we want to position ourselves. All of that is discussed in cabinet caucus at this point. Uh, And uh, basically everybody gets their marching orders saying, here's, here's the message, deliver the message in your writing. Yeah. So it'll be uh Interesting time. We'll have to do some special. Oh, wow. uh, maybe Looney Politics will get us to do provincial updates like they did federally. Yeah. So. yeah. And by the way, just on Alberta, uh, because, you know, we are a national podcast. Um, uh, I had uh, Jack Mintz on my boom and bust show on the news forum. He's a senior economist uh, and uh, he works out of the University of Calgary. And he said Alberta go- is, is starting to have an economic boom. Oh, so wow. all of a sudden, you know, first of all, the price of uh, oil, I don't know if you've been tracking the price of oil, it's up to about 85 bucks a barrel, okay. uh, d- down from a low of about 40 uh, oh, an wow. hour. So, you know, uh, people are still buying oil, folks, just want to let you know. Uh, and uh, so that's helpful. And uh, th- there's been a number of significant announcements of tech companies and manufacturing companies uh, locating in Alberta. So... Uh, Jason Kenny may be on a bit of a roll, and I know we talked about on our program a few months ago about how he was in the doldrums and uh, hated by everyone and etc. But uh, he he may uh, he may have a he may have a resurrection here. Interesting. Well, it'll be uh, it'll be a good one to. When is that election? Is that coming up soon? No, too? it's not. I think it's not for a couple of years or something. But uh, you know, he, he's just he, trying to protect his leadership, though. <laughs> yeah, there was that. He was he was under some pressure uh, in his caucus and in his party. There were people not happy with uh, his managing of COVID. Uh, you know, who's happy with a leader right now? Not not too many. I think there's two hundred thousand people that signed a petition against Francois Legault in Quebec, <laughs> trying oh. to kick him out there and. Boris Johnson in the UK, you know, people are upset and uh, Macron in France, uh, you know, he's into it. He's having an election this spring and uh, people are unhappy. So, yeah, it's not a fun time for anybody. But uh, no, Jason has, I think, enough um, uh, enough room uh, to to launch again. There's no question. By the way, speaking of different individuals in the world and vaccines and covid, Novak Djokovic, of course, with his ordeal at the Australian Open. I saw the French Open has already declared that he's not welcome there. I guess my my question is, like, so do you have to be vaccinated to play tennis, A? B, isn't tennis an outdoor sport, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I guess the only only thing is if, if you can't get into France without being vaccinated or whatever, but, yeah, like, this, like, I thought that announcement of like he's not allowed to play in the French Open. I was like, "What are you talking about? He's it's a, he's playing tennis outside." Like, what? yeah, no, it must be their entry requirements, and because he's so high profile now, uh, you know, they they can't get around it. They can't give him a an exception if that isn't given to an average citizen. I suppose I, maybe that's the reasoning. Yeah, I get. I that's what I mean. Like, if it's a if it's a requirement to get to the event, yeah. Um, than like flying or whatever, but like if he, but I, I don't understand. Like I, I guess if he got himself, you know, there, and this is this is how you know we talk about laws and rules and stuff like that. The other problem with uh, uh, Djokovic is he's not well liked, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there's nobody going to be going to the going to battle for him yeah, within the yeah, te- yeah. the tennis world, right? He's yeah. just not an agreeable fellow. Interesting, but. 
Anyway, that's all I have to say about COVID. I'm sure you've got, uh, we've, we chewed up a bunch of time with that one, but I'm sure you've got some other things you want to pass along. Well, I, I, this is still on the COVID uh, situation, but I just want to make sure your guinea pigs are okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to talk about the hamsters in Korea or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, and Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Yeah, no, so we have three guinea pigs, Peaches, Fudge, and Charlotte, and they are completely fine. In fact, Good. last night, last night we had one of their uh, smaller relatives got stuck in a trap in our house. So we what? caught a mouse. We caught a mouse last night. No way. And, yeah, which is, I'm pretty sure guinea pigs are rodents. And yeah, yeah. So the mice are. It's funny because I I said to my wife, because I, I like the guinea pigs. I've never are had they, one. Are they before. rodents or marsupials? Oh, frig, I don't know. I don't know if have a pouch. No, they're got to be rodents. Okay, okay. Anyway, so, like, I, I carry them, and they're very fun, and, like, I like them, and they're cuddly and, and whatever, but it's like, you look at them, and without, they don't have a tail. It's like, it's like it's a big mouse or a squirrel or something, but it's like, I would never, ever, I don't care if it's a clean mouse, I'm never holding a mouse and playing with a mouse, but, like, a guinea pig, I have no issues. I don't know why. It's just... Isn't that funny, different. eh? Yeah. But there's some some people have mice or, or rats oh, yeah. as pets. Oh, 100%. Hamsters, mice, gerbils, rats, yeah. everything. Ferrets. So, But you had a story about the the hamsters, right? Well, yeah. I think they're, they're uh, in Hong Kong. The concern has been that there's been an animal-to-human transmission of COVID. Uh, and so they're, I think that they're they're exterminating hundreds of thousands of small pets, including... Uh, including hamsters, but not limited to them, as a way to uh, to eliminate the threat. Like, I guess Hong Kong now. I mean, basically, for all intents and purposes, they're under the thumb of China, and um, uh, China has a zero COVID policy, right? So, the minute there's one COVID case in a city, and in China, cities can have 14 million people, right? So, uh, and this has happened. Uh, several times already this this year 2022 where there's been one or two cases of omicron found in a chinese city bam the whole thing is locked down that whole city is locked down uh you know wow. you're, you're confined to your house and all this kind of stuff and uh they're they're this is their zero covid policy uh so and they're extremely so uh, and, and so the the analysis is that's that that may have worked for Delta or the original strain, but for yeah. Omicron, it's just impossible. So it's going to be a China is actually going to be a failure on um, COVID containment. And the other thing is that their vaccine is not an mRNA vaccine; it's the traditional type of vaccine. Okay. So there's uh, it's just not as useful. Uh, the scientifically proven not to be as useful against the against COVID as the mRNA. So. All of which does, is to say what's coming up in China in a couple of weeks? The Olympics. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right? I so so uh, not only did they ban any foreigners from attending the Olympics, they have now banned any domestic ticket, ticket holders from attending the Olympics. So wow. no one is allowed to go to the Olympics, I guess, unless you're friends, family, and coaches. Uh, so it's going to be just a miserable affair, I think. Uh, and, uh, of course, you know, they're... The, the the guess what, folks? There will be an outbreak of COVID at, at the Beijing yeah, this, Olympics. This just in. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be an outbreak. So, 
China is going to wig out at that and, uh, you know, kick, they'll be kicking out athletes left, right, and center, and that'll be controversial. So just well, for that at the beginning of February, it, folks. It's comical because on the sporting side of things, like I have no issues with the Olympics being held. I think they should be held because, again, I'm, you know, move, let's move forward. Yeah. But it's like they should have, I mean, I guess they couldn't have planned this because <laughs> who knew, but, you know, it would be nice if it was in the States because then it would go off without a hitch because you look at like, you know, here we have Raptors games oh, in Toronto being played with no one in the stadium or in the arena. And then, like, you, the very next thing you're watching, 80,000 at a <laughs> well, NFL wild game. card game. Yeah, with no game. Yeah, it's like, no. It's, it's just crazy. ridiculous. It's just... The NCAA, you know, uh, oh, my I God. mean, people were just going crazy. You know, 70,000, 100,000 at the uh, college football. Uh, yeah, I know. It's it's weird. I, it's, I, I agree. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, so many people are, are that I've talked to down the States. It's like, uh, it's like, it doesn't even exist. Right. And, you know, at the beginning it was cool to say, well, we don't want to be like the States. And I think a lot of people now are like, ah, oh, maybe we do. Sounds, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, exactly. So yes, the Olympics are coming up. I'm a big Olympics guy. Um, ever since 1976 Montreal, I've been totally into the Olympics. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it despite the controversies and obviously China's controversial, but, uh, it's, it's still, uh, I think the greatest show on earth and I, I'm looking forward to it. I, have you ever been to an Olympic, uh, event? Did you go to no, Vancouver? You, you probably buy the clothes too, don't you? I do. I do. Yeah. 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 No, but, <laughs> but I went to Vancouver, right? And uh, just uh, for six days, I was in Vancouver for the Winter Olympics. And that was just such a thrill. And uh, uh, and uh, to see our Olympic athletes. And I got, I, I basically, the only Olympic events I attended were hockey games. I went to, uh, I think, 13 hockey games. Oh, wow. Uh, just went crazy and just went you know, found scalpers tickets and the whole nine yards and was able to go to one quarterfinal game, both semifinals and then the, the gold medal game, Canada, USA, yeah, which was uh, just spectacular. That's cool. Yeah. That's so cool. it was a real thrill. And, uh, and there was like all these, all these things happening. Like, uh, uh, there was, uh, the, the Russians had, uh, what they called Sochi house, so they, they kind of built their own entertainment and sports thing because the next Olymp- Winter Olympics were in Sochi, Russia. And so I used to hang out at Sochi House because they had a kind of a Russian jazz bar going on. Okay, yeah. Uh, which I thought was pretty cool. And I actually saw uh, Ovechkin there. And like every night I was there, like I'm talking 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, Ovechkin was there just oh, wow. having a great time. And I... And I remember thinking to myself, how is it? I know he's an elite hockey player. He's gonna, he's a Hall of Famer. He's gonna break Gretzky's record, all this stuff. But even then, in, in 2010, how is it that this guy can do all this all night and wake up the next morning and play hockey? And the answer, Jody, was he couldn't because the, the Russian, the Russian team came in sixth, or something yeah. like that. They, they were just horrible at the uh, at the Vancouver Olympics. So the short answer is Ovechkin couldn't do it all. I'm, he's I, one of my favorites, so yeah, he's 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 pretty impressive. And uh, you agree he's going to break Gretzky's record? I think so. I mean, yeah. he's gonna, Gretzky even thinks he will. So yeah, yeah, I think he will too. So there you go. He's like he's going to be the goat. Well, are we anything else interesting you want to bring up? Or let's see, guinea pigs, uh, <laughs> Amsters, Olympics, COVID. COVID. Doug Ford's little shovel. That was good. How do you feel about that? A lot of people are going crazy about it. I don't even care. (laughs) But I'll be honest, like, 
I so first of all, I don't even care, and I think it's just stupid that anyone's getting worked <laughs> up over it. The second thing, the people that are making fun of him about the size of the shovel, who carries a full size yeah. shovel in their car? Yeah. I see tons of people with the small shovels. So. I have a very little shovel in my car, uh, yeah. you know, because that's what you have in your car. It's just stupid. Now, now <laughs> the fact that someone was like filming it, and you know, I, I, I think it's funny to think like, did he actually? I mean, I don't know. I. I I want to believe that he just went out and was like, oh, let's go find some people to help out or whatever. But it's, I don't know. The whole thing was weird, but I don't even care. Like, honestly, I, I, it's great. Hey, if you want to dig people out and drive them around, you have at her. Yeah. You, you think Justin Trudeau would ever do that? Yeah. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt I it too. Would, actually, He'd be like, good luck. We'll see you next year. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, that wraps up another episode. Yes. Uh, we'll be back next week with some exciting new guests. And moving forward, we got some big ones coming up as well. Got to give a shout-out to Municipal Solutions uh, for their continued support as our presenting sponsor. Find them online at municipalsolutions.ca and looneypolitics.com, your home for exclusive content, including episodes you cannot hear anywhere else, right here uh, for and another thing. And you can find that at looneypolitics.com. Com. And then uh, also thanks to HaltonGR.com for their continued sponsorship. We really appreciate that. And don't forget, you can go to ZekeAgency.com and pick out some merch, some And Another yeah, Thing your, podcast did, merch. Did your clothing show up yet or no? Not yet, no. I'm quite okay. looking forward to that. And then I'm going to order some coffee mugs after. Once, once I see that the process works, which I'm sure it will, I will then be ordering my coffee mugs. All right. We'll do this again in seven days. You got it.